Hello and welcome to Frank Friar Fridays. This is Father Patrick Bykowskis broadcasting from St. Dominic Priory in St. Louis, Missouri. And since tomorrow is the feast of St. Joseph the Worker and this is the year of St. Joseph, we continue to remember him in a very special way throughout this year. I thought we would begin with a prayer to St. Joseph. O God, the creator of all things, you framed the law of labor for the human race. Graciously grant by the example and patronage of St. Joseph that we may do the work you provide us and earn the reward you promise. Sustain us with your grace to live up to our duties in charity and justice. Amen. Well, I'm getting a lot of wonderful suggestions for upcoming programs, and I've gotten a couple yeses already. Uh, some of you may know the author Gary Schmidt. I'm a, a big fan of his. He has written children's books, but also young adult but books, and Mary Lee Williams in uh, Kansas City, her and Paul are good friends of mine. She and I are always recommending books back and forth to each other. And I think she got me started on him, and I've become a big fan, especially during the pandemic. I think I've read five or six of his books. He's been a finalist for the National Book Award and twice won Newbery Prize and once Prince Prize. Well, he's agreed to do an, to an interview with us, with me. And um, also uh, Mark Hellinger, who is a seminarian for the uh, Diocese of Fort Wayne South Bend and is currently studying at the North American College in Rome and his sister and brother-in-law are good friends of mine Purdue grads he's going to do an interview and I've got a couple requests out there for interviews and then some subjects that we're going to be taking up or firming up as well so I think we've got some interesting things ahead of us today I'm I'm going to talk about memorable moments that I had while serving at St. Tom's and I've come up with 22 things so I don't know that I'm going to be able to to get to them all in one episode we'll see these are not all um, necessarily <laughs> good moments <laughs> they're good in a way there's always some good that comes from Almighty God, He takes the, the 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 difficult things that have happened to us and makes good come from them. Sometimes we don't know what that will be until we're in heaven with Him. But uh, a lot of them are, uh, I think, most of them. As I'm looking over the list, are are very very good memories, but they're memorable for very different reasons, and they are in no order at all. This is a, a stream of conscience exercise that I, I uh, listed them. They're not, they're not chronological. They're not going from good to better to best. They're, they're, some are humorous, some are not. Uh, so here we go. There was a time when I was having dinner with Jacob George, now a seminarian at the Mount in, St. in Emmonsburg, Maryland. And he and I were having dinner, I think at an Indian restaurant on the east side of Lafayette. And I had my habit on, and we were sitting there having a nice conversation, and a man, it was a typical sort of Indian restaurant because it was a buffet, and this man came over, older man, and he wasn't, he wasn't 
mean, but he wasn't friendly either. And he said something like, why do you have that habit on? Or probably maybe said something more like, why do you have that dress on? And I told him I was a Catholic priest, and he nodded. And that was all he had to say about it. And his second time through the buffet line, he comes again and he asks me a couple more questions, like where was I serving and what do I do? And he comes by a third time and asks some more questions about what we're doing there and so on. He became friendlier on each visit. And then finally on the fourth time, he stops again and he tells me that he's staying in a hotel nearby because his wife is in the hospital and she's not doing very well. And he got emotional at that point and he asked if I would pray for her. And I said, well, why don't we just, why don't we pray for her right now? And it's something I typically do when someone asks me to pray for them. And it impressed us. And so we had a, you know, a really lovely moment together praying for his wife. I don't know how it turned out, what the outcome was. I never saw him again. But it certainly impressed upon me the importance of wearing my, when I'm involved in ministry, which as I was with a student, uh, even though we're having a very pleasant dinner, not necessarily talking about all sorts of serious things, that this habit is, I'm open for business. And that, that, that very meaningful exchange for him certainly would never have occurred if I hadn't been wearing my habit. So I, I tend to wear it maybe more than, than a lot of my other brothers, but I do think it's important just for those kinds of occasions. Uh, another thing was when we were um, going under the, the ages of the Purdue Catholic graduate students, so this is probably more like 10 or 12 years ago, we would often go bowling because Chad Lau and Joey Ernst and and uh, and Stephen Rudolph especially liked to bowl, and I would always regularly beat them. I might add, <laughs> they might have other memories of it. But um, I re- there was another young man who had gone to to Michigan for his undergrad, and um, he was on the um, uh, spectrum. Uh, for Asperger's, and he could be a he could he could be a bit of a handful sometime. But he was really a lovely, lovely young man, and I was so proud of our students, the graduate students that always would invite him to to play volleyball with us or go bowling, even though he was very bad at both of those things. And I remember this conversation that. He was having on his cell phone one night when we were bowling, and he was. I'm so. I'm, of course, I'm only hearing one side of it, but it was something like this. He was talking to his father clearly, and he said, "Yes, Dad, I'm bowling. Yes, I'm bowling with my friends. Yes, Dad, I have friends." And I remember him telling me on a different occasion how extraordinary the students at Purdue were because they were so kind to him. And he said the people in Michigan were not kind to him. And boy, that made me especially proud of those PCGS students. Another time I remember going out caroling one night, and this was the, the, 
the the apologetics group, the Catholic Truth League. I think it was the first time we went out caroling, and we would uh, go to uh, nursing home or retirement homes, and afterward I would take them out for hot chocolate or or uh, gelato or both, and it was just a really special night, and we were hanging out, and, and if you know downtown, what which we would call downtown West Lafayette and Chauncey, across from uh, the coffee shop, there's that old bank building, and we were just standing out there, and we didn't know when we wanted to leave. And I remember, again, it was Jacob George saying, look at Father, they're acting as if they're drunk. And they weren't drunk because we were just drinking hot chocolate. But they were, there was just this joyfulness about them that was just palpable. You could really feel like they didn't want to go home. They wanted the, in the evening to continue. There was another time, I think it was maybe the first time I was, I was celebrating the Easter Vigil Mass as pastor. And, you know, we make a big deal about the baptisms, of course. And there was a young man who I, I didn't know very well. And he was coming out of the, the baptismal font or uh, pool and I thought his, he, was, he had a cold because he, his nose was running. And what I, f what I realized was he was just so overcome with emotion that he was crying as he was coming up out of the, the baptismal pool. And there was this time when, another instance, when it was Thanksgiving Day, and we have a mass every Thanksgiving Day at about, I think it's about 11 a.m., at St. Tom's, and after Mass, I was standing out in the, the gather space, and Linda Day comes up to me with her son, Lewis, and Lewis had served at Mass, and Linda says to Lewis, well, tell Father what you saw, Lewis, and I'm like, gosh, what could have happened? And so Lewis proceeds to tell me that there was a homeless person sleeping in the sanctuary. Now, this is about noon. Now, we used to have a lot of homeless people staying at St. Tom's, and we still do have occasional ones, but there was a period where we were getting quite a few, but they had certain unwritten rules. They had to be gone by 8 a.m., and they could not sleep in the sanctuary. They could sleep on the pews, but they couldn't go into the sanctuary. So. Here was somebody who was violating both of these rules. He was still there. It was noon, and he was sleeping in the sanctuary. And so I, uh, I was kind of, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't angry per se, but I sort of ticked off, I guess, a little bit. So I go up there, and we had this, this sort of area where that statue of St. Tom, uh, Thomas Aquinas still is, that modern piece. And there was a lot of palms and philodendron and things growing around it. So he had kind of staked out a little area behind there so you couldn't see him. It's like a little park spot. And there he was with his little blanket pulled up around his neck. And I kind of yelled down at him, <laughs> getting his attention. I said, hey, hey, what are you doing down there? And he, <laughs> he jumps and he pulls the blanket down and he was stark naked. <laughs> and I'm trying all, my, all I can to keep myself composed because I thought it was very funny myself <laughs> and I'm just having this memory of 
golly, what if I, what if he had woken up during mass and not realized that mass was going on? It sort of stood up. And anyway, thanks be to God, it didn't happen, and we were able to, to uh, um, avoid any sort of uh, scandalous scenes at the during a mass. You know, one time the the uh, cross Bible study, gosh, it was. Uh, Cross is an acronym. I think it stands for Catholics Reflecting. Any of that is Catholics Reflecting on Sacred Scripture, something that was homegrown at St. Tom's, and I don't know if it's still going on or not. But we would meet on Thursday nights, and gosh, one of the best parts of that Bible study, although we had wonderful conversations, was that we would have a meal afterwards, and we'd usually go to one of the dining courts on campus. But this day was the Feast of St. Bruno. And so some of the students had suggested that we go to Bruno's for pizza. And I said, I think that's a great idea. And on the way there, I told them this story about what we would do in my family on on our feast days. On, so that you know they're, they're recognizing in a way that this was the feast day of St. Bruno and we're going to go to Bruno's for, for pizza. And my dad had this 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 practice or this custom of twisting our ear on our feast day. And you know, I hated it when my dad did that because it, it hurt. But I'll tell you, I missed it very much and after my father had died and there was nobody to twist my ear on my feast day. And so I'm telling the students this story as we are driving over to Bruno's. Now I walk in and there's, now he's, everybody calls him Bruno, but his name is Orlando, but his father was Bruno, of course. But, and I said, Bruno, I said, you know that today's your feast day? Now, honest to goodness, this is like three minutes after I told the students this story. He said, Father, you know, on my feast day, my father would twist my ear. He said, would you twist my ear, Father? <laughs> I said, Absolutely, Bruno. And so I did. And uh, it was a lovely memory. Um, you know, one the next one is one that I, I, I mentioned last episode, I think, was that first baccalaureate mass that we had. And we had a small turnout, but it was a, it was a beautiful turnout from our resident parishioners as well to support our students that were graduating. And I remember how touched I was by how moved Rob Paul was to, to see our students graduating. Uh, I, I, again, I hope he doesn't men mind my mentioning that. There was a time when I was, we, have a, a, we had a program at St. Tom's called Kids Hope that I participated in, and we had about 20, both resident parishioners and student parishioners serve as mentors to children at, uh, um, Klondike School at the grade school and one day I was there and this man is chasing me down the hallway and he what comes up to me I didn't really I kind of recognized him but I it wasn't I it wasn't I didn't know his name certainly and he said father I just wanted to thank you for kneeling down and blessing my child at mass what, it might have been the day before, a couple days before. He said, you know, it meant a lot to my child that you did that, and it meant a lot to me. And then he gets, he kind of got emotional about it. And I was very, I was very, um, 
you know, I don't know how I started doing that, but it just seemed like the right thing to do that, you know, when you're blessing these children, you're hovering over them. It doesn't seem like they, they, you can make the connection the same way as when you get down there and look at them eye to eye. So I've, I've, I continue to do that when I have the opportunity. We don't have as many children at the Catholic Student Center as we do at St. Tom's, but when I do have that opportunity, I still like to do that. Some of you know that I had a bike accident when I was living in, in uh, West Lafayette. When they were redoing 231, I was out for a Sunday ride one day, and the road wasn't open yet, and that's why I was on it. And it was just pristine concrete, and I was going at a pretty good clip, and I was making, I was just out for exercise. I was just doing laps around the outside of the of the road, and then on the last lap, I thought I'd come down as fast as I could, uh, right in the middle of the of the road, and I didn't realized that right in the middle of the road there was this gaping hole that was about three feet deep and about three feet wide and about 12 feet long and I hit it like I had run into a brick wall. <laughs> I ran into a concrete wall and I flipped over my bike and it crumpled up and I thanks be to God I had a helmet on. So I'm all I, I ended up with all kinds of stitches and a concussion and I'm, I don't know why I didn't use my cell phone. I, I, you know, to this day, there's things that I still can't remember. Um, not just about that day. There's, there's memories that I lost, and I find out about it at some point. So I uh, was, I don't know why I was dragging this bike back home. I'd gone about 50 yards, and these two young men came up in, in a pickup truck, and they said, "Oh my gosh, goodness, it's Father Patrick." They said, we saw the accident happen. We told our friend to stop, and he wouldn't stop. And so we went home, and we got our truck, and we came back. And so they picked me up in the truck, and they brought me brought me home. And uh, I, uh, I never saw him again. And I, I really, really think that those are the occasions when guardian angels step in. I, I just... I don't know what how else to think about it. Um, the The other thing, uh, one other thing, I I can see that we're not, I'm not going to be able to to finish this list, but that's okay. We'll pick it up again next week. Was the 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 uh, anniversary of my being uh, in uh, ordained my tenth anniversary, and. The, the, the parish threw me this lovely, lovely party, and I'll, I don't think I'll ever forget it. And the um, thing that, well, you know, of course the presents, the Vespa and the bicycle just absolutely stunned me. I've never been so surprised in my life at having received a, a gift. But um, also the, all the people that came, and there was this group from PCGS that 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 came. It's really extraordinary people. I've just mentioned them when we were playing bowling um, in Sunny Park. And they all came with their spouses, and they all uh, had two children. And I had all, I had I had married all of them, and they, that was a very special part of it as well. as a very, you know, the whole day was a, such a special day. I'm going to close with something. Some of you would remember Mary Stiller. And 
Mary and Joe Borowitz, who are both now in heaven with God, um, we would we would get together every Wednesday and pray. And Mary would during Mass, Mary would would be off to the left from on my left, and during the elevation during the Eucharistic prayer, she I would see her clap, and I didn't know what she was doing. I thought it was kind of a loony thing to be doing. I, so in these prayer meetings we have, finally after two or three years, um, she told Joe and I that what she what she imagines is that she's in heaven and that Jesus is celebrating Mass and all the angels and saints are, are clapping. And at her funeral Mass, I repeated that story. And, I, and the bishop was there because Mary is a consecrated virgin and out of her, uh, you know, uh, to remember her in that special way he came. It was very lovely of him to do that. And I said, I don't know what the bishop's going to think about this, but I'd like you during the elevation of the Eucharist to, to all clap. And he, after Mass, said, you know, I felt like that whole Mass that we were in Mary's dream. And what a lovely, lovely thought. And that's what we're going to end on. We, there's still, I still got about, a, a, I think I got through about half of the list. So we'll pick it up again next time. God bless you all and have a wonderful week. <laughs>